Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Today's guest is a Latvian organ builder, Janis Kalnins, a long-time friend uh, of mine. Um, and I was delighted to, to meet with him in Vilnius, in my church, uh, at Vilnius University St. John's Church. And um, this was the place where Janis um, worked uh, initially in Lithuania uh, about exactly 15 years ago summer of 2000 I met him first at that time where he worked uh, on on the pipework of this instrument getting ready for the inauguration of of the largest pipe organ in Lithuania so today uh, I'm very delighted to invite you to listen to this conversation with where Yanis will talk about his experience in restoring and building organs uh, of various kinds of in various styles and of course about the Latvian organ culture let's go to the show so thank you so much Yanis for doing this interview I'm so honored to have you as a guest Hello. Uh, I might remind our listeners that uh, we are at the uh, University Church in Vilnius St. John's Church uh, on the organ balcony next to the organ the greatest organ in Lithuania the largest uh, pipe organ in Lithuania. And uh, we are meeting here with Janis Kalnins, uh, organ builder from Latvia, not by inc- uh, accident, because uh, exactly 15 years ago, remember Janis, I met yes, you yes. at the same spot where Janis was basically tuning and uh, regulating this beautiful, magnificent organ. Do you remember these days? Oh yes, yes, it was, <laughs> this day was very messy, I must say. And you were responsible for what? For tuning, right? For uh, Yes, for my responsibility was uh, tuning and voicing generally, but, but since the organ uh, technical part was not completed, then uh, we should make a lot of things in mechanical parts, uh, installation of pipes, installation of mechanics, action, regulating of wind system, and a lot lot of things. And uh, at that time, in year 2000, uh, I I, uh, did uh, another very important job. I was organizing ISO Congress. Yes. Yes, it, International Society of Organ Builders, uh, over 100 organ builders, uh, in August 2000 came to Baltic States. We made this trip from Vilnius to Tallinn, looking on different organs, and this organ uh, uh, should be ready until this Congress. So, yeah. And all, uh, this Congress started in in July, I believe, right? Uh, end of July or August, I don't remember. Yeah, and your voicing techniques and tuning were so quick. You were like uh, tuning these these 64 stops like uh, in three weeks or so. No, 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 no. Or three months. No, no, no. Three months, uh, just tuning, but uh, two months more technical work. 
So yeah, it was it was very challenging work, and of course I was very pleased that my colleague and teacher never I never um, forget to say it because Rimantas Guches was one of my first teachers in organ builder organ building, and he invited me to to complete this job, and so we did uh, together with Vilnius Vargono Dirk Tuve. Yeah, but. Um, it was hard work. Yes, and a lot of time passed after that, 15 years, right? And Yanis, you were basically uh, not not uh, the beginner organ builder at that time, no, no, no. but you were uh, quite experienced, right? Can you remember the days when you first fell in love with the organ? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, I was a young boy, I think, I was eight years old, when um, I, I was first time uh, in Riga Cathedral to listen to the organ music. And I remember very clearly it was French organist Jean-Jacques Grunewald. Uh, yeah, and um, it was very, very impressive concert. And uh, that was the point when I, when my love to this instrument was turned on. Yeah, <laughs> usually these great organists inspire us to to take up either organ playing or, as in your case, probably organ building. For, or no? uh, yes, but uh, this is very special because all my family are musicians. Mm -hmm. My mother was pianist and uh, my father was violinist and violin teacher. Um, I myself learned to play trumpet, and um, I was rather successful, and it was a big question, uh, shall I continue and became a professional trumpet player or not? And uh, my father then told me such a thing as a musician, that my son, you must know, if you want to be a musician, you must be the best, the first. Mm -hmm. If you are the second, you will earn very bad money. And he told me that, son, you are very good in physics, mathematics, you can do anything what you want. And, and keep trumpet playing as a hobby. We have in Latvia plenty of wind bands, marching bands, brass bands, you can play all the time. But to find another job. And so I decided not to play trumpet as a professional. Uh, but, uh, yes, and then when I was 16 years old, I knew very clearly I want to be an organ builder. Uh, you know, music, it's kind of disease. And once you are ill, then it's for the entire life. And, uh, yeah, I am always saying that music is wonderful art. It is combination of two, three arts, actually. It's musician itself who is playing. It's music, which was written. And it's music instrument. Without music instrument, music doesn't exist. True. So, I'm still part in music. <laughs> it's so great that, uh, that uh, our destiny or higher forces or angels or muses right, led us to to the, this great uh, 
king of instruments, right? As we say, and um, and and it's like an addiction in a way, a good addiction, right? Uh, that we we continue to be inspired with this instrument and never, never ever forget it, right? Uh, yes, organ is something something very special um, because uh, don't forget that when I was eight years old, it was in 1972. And when, when I was 16 years old, it was 1980, it was Soviet Union, uh, when uh, to be an organ builder, it sounded like a, something very crazy. Because you know the situation of churches and uh, organs in Soviet Union, um, it was not at all supported by government and uh, cultural uh, ideology of communism. And so, uh, but uh, but uh, I was talking with Danish from Denmark organist and organ expert, Ole Olesen. And he told me one very interesting idea. I put, I asked him one question. Why the organ has an evacuant? Mm -hmm. It's absolute useless stop. You simply open the valve, and when you finish to play, you just let wind out of bellows. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really something useless because I never saw organ where wind stays without additional pumping more than a few minutes. Leather itself, and there are enough other uh, holes, uh, natural, it's, it's not uh, the organ is in bad uh, quality or in bad condition. It, it is simply so, it's not hermetic system. And he then told me that in Renaissance time, the wind somehow was considered to be similar with Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Because the wind is spirit of organ. Wind makes organ to the life. And um, it is bad behavior to leave the wind without work. It, it's like you wasting time, like you wasting this Holy Ghost. Mm, it's something religious. So, uh, and maybe this uh, is what makes organ a really divine instrument of of this uh, way of making sound. It's not a hammer. It's not. It's it's wind. It's yeah. yeah, it's really a wind <laughs> instrument, right? Yes, yes. Wind instrument with keys. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think for most people, organ still has some uh, association with the church, True. with religion. Of course, today we have a lot of organs in concert halls, but what we play there, mostly it's music which is written for churches. Yeah. <laughs> this connection with organ and church is so important, right? In, in, in your country, in Latvia, especially yes. the Lutheran country. Can you remember the, the approximate number of uh, organs in Latvia? 
yes, we we didn't count exactly, but we think about 300 to 350 organs. And how of the, how many of them are historically historical? Rather much, actually all of them, in, uh, except those organs which are brought to Latvia after 1991 from England, from Sweden, um, some second-hand organs, and it's maybe not more than 30, 40 organs. Uh, but the rest of them are already historic because they are built before 1940. So soon, uh, almost every organ in Latvia will be 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most valuable part of Latvian organs are uh, organs from 19th century. We have really some treasures, as everyone knows, organ in Valker organ in Riga Cathedral. The largest tracker organ in the world in Liepaja Trinity Church, which was completed by Barnum Greenberg in 1885 with 131 stops. It's larger than the Riga Cathedral. Then we have a lot of beautiful organs from 19th century built by local organ builders. First of all, I want to mention Karl Hermann and his son Karl Alexander Hermann, August Martin, later Friedrich Weissenborn, the first professional Latvian organ builder, Martin Kreislinch. And those are organs which in 1960s and 70s were considered as, as unvaluable, as decadent, as useless organs which are not useful for concert music and etc. But those 50 years of Soviet occupation uh, somehow uh, uh, preserved them. It was status quo. Nothing changes. And we didn't have organ movement in Latvia. No rebuildings, only, of course, unfortunately, a lot of organs were destroyed after Second World War in the 50s, 60s, including wonderful Baroque organ in Lestene, Ranel's organ. So, and then we have around uh, 20 Baroque organs, and number one, of course, is organ in Ugale. Mm-hmm. Baroque organ in Ugale, built in 1700 with 28 stops. So I was, I was going to, to get to Ugale right away because, of course, Yanis' workshop is in Ugale, right? And uh, this beautiful organ from 1601? 1701. 1701, I'm sorry, 100 years later. But still very, very old organ, right? Yeah. The oldest organ in the Baltic States, probably. Uh, Eastern Shore, at least. Uh, yes and no, because... Uh, Five or six years uh, ago, uh, the organ, no small positive, let's say, uh, was reconstructed in Lithuania, mm-hmm. which was founded in Gintališkis. Yes. And now it's organ in Kretinga Chapel. And um, that organ is probably second half of 17th century. A little yes. earlier. Mm-hmm. A little earlier, but it is still reconstruction, restoration, mm-hmm. not many 
almost all pipes are new. But Ugale, it's 90% of original pipes. Yes, and, and it has original uh, eagle with movable wings, oh, yeah. right? All and those. beautiful ornaments <laughs> and angels, probably. Yeah. And, and uh, I think uh, uh, it, this particular instrument was so important to your development as an organ builder, right? Because you definitely set up a workshop there and probably initiated the restoration of this organ as well. Yes, yes. Uh, the initiation for restoration of this organ uh, was done already in 1986. And at that time, as a young, passionate, passionate and not very experienced at all organ builder, we put that organ in Ugale to play in condition and um, I was astonished of sound. Mm -hmm. Because something like that I never heard, especially in Latvia. Yeah, and uh, of course, as you told, uh, this particular instrument is very, very important for me, for our workshop. Mm. As our friend Joran Grant told, that if you have lack of inspiration for organ building, just go to Ugale Church and play on that organ some hours, and then you have it again. Mm -hmm. Because that is sound which you never get boring, and every Sunday when I'm hearing that organ, I'm coming to surprise. What a beautiful sound. And, of course, our listeners from 89 countries should know that that Yanis is a Lutheran priest and Ugale's church is his parish. And not only he builds uh, uh, and restores and maintains this organ, right? He also celebrates the services, church services in the Mass, right? And um, so how do you deal with the... Uh, the uh, basically liturgical side of your um, responsibilities and also uh, organ building? Uh, it's not so complicated because the congregation is very small. Mm -hmm. It's only 120 members and another church where also with wonderful romantic organ from 1875 in Zlakas nearby. It's congregation with 30 people. Uh, so we have services in Ugale every Sunday and in Zlakas twice a month. So uh, it's not a big deal either. I am going to the church as every normal Christian does and I'm sitting and listening to the sermon and taking part in liturgy as a um, in, in parish member, or I am a leader, so to say. So for me, it is not a big, not a big difference. And, uh, uh, and somehow it happens in my life. And uh, so the the church work work is mainly on Sundays, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not well paid. Actually, it's not paid. <laughs> so I must to have something to live for. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and so I have uh, seven daughters, and uh, 
Yeah, it's rather demanding. Of course. <laughs> so you have a big farm, right? And, and um, also family. organ building, um, yeah. um, basically a workshop. And you, some, do you play sometimes the organ itself? Yeah, I play a bit, but now really seldom. When in 80s, when I just started to go to the church, then uh, from 1983, I was also church organist. I, I played in Yelgava in our congregation, and at that time um, I played rather much and I practicing, but, but now I have no time for practice mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, and so I'm playing only. I'm joking. I'm playing when no nobody hears it. <laughs> of course, will do. <laughs> yes, and Yanis, um, uh, do you remember the time um, with with this Ugale organ, uh, the first meeting? What exactly inspired you uh, when you looked at these angels and ducks, right, and eagles? And, uh, or, or, or other parts of the organ, what exactly moved you so that, so that you later uh, uh, again and again returned to this organ? Um, have you ever been in the organ? No, but I, I then, can imagine. That's why you are asking this question. If you would come to Ugala, you wouldn't ask it. It's impossible to go to that church and not to fall in love. To it. So describe so, to people who are... No, uh, no it's uh, how you can describe it. Uh, of course, uh, listeners can uh, write in, uh, in uh, Google Ugale Church, mm -hmm. Ugale Organ, and find a lot of pictures of church and organ and maybe some soundtracks. But, um, yes, uh, I knew it's my place. Mm -hmm. It's your calling, right? Yes, it's my place. And and funny thing, uh, when I moved to live to Ugal in 1991, I finally discovered that I have a lot of relatives there, mm -hmm. rather far away, but still. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yes. But uh, I told you that first sound which I heard, it was so impressive, so beautiful, so majestic and powerful. Yes, uh, 28 stops. We are sitting in uh, St. John's University Church where we have organ just a little more than twice as big as in Ugala. But the church in Ugala is, I, I don't know, maybe just a 10% of this church. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine the sound yes. of it? And, and um, uh, for that time, 1700, small countryside church with 300 seats. 300 seats. Mm -hmm. To have organ with 28 stops. In Rig Cathedral at that time was organ with 42 stops. Mm -hmm. So not this too numbers. much larger. Yes, not too much larger. So, but but it's still now, mm, and and of course all this appearance of organ, not painted wood. Mm -hmm. It's it's not intentionally. It's just historically, different historic circumstances, where the reason why organ is left unpainted, but um, we can study carving technique. 
which normally is covered until thick layers of paints and gold, but there is nothing. We see, we see the diameter of chisels. We can mm -hmm. uh, we can follow all the traces of of uh, wood carver. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. And it has what two manuals, right? Yes. And it has this uh, this amazing uh, ancient feature, short bottom octal, right? Describe our listeners what it is. Uh, probably it's not short octave in classical me meaning of that, uh, which starts from the F, what we see, and 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 then goes uh, to only diatonic. In Ugale, only C sharp and D sharp keys are missing. Uh -huh. So two key, uh, sharp keys. Yes, it's normal, normal keyboard with uh, with notes in normal order, but only in bass C sharp and D sharp are missing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Who needs them at that tuning? Yes. And what kind of tuning do you have? Yeah, uh, surprisingly. Uh, when we did restoration in 2005, when we completed, then uh, we did a lot of research on facade pipes. They were pre preserved almost untouched because, of course, uh, organ was uh, retuned to equal temperament, but only with cutting slots. But all those cutouts were untouched. Uh, so we were able actually to put to original uh, original uh, temperament uh, and it was very clearly very clearly that organ never was minto mm -hmm. maybe for someone it is a surprise for that organ but so it is organ was never minto and uh, a second surprise is that we could find out that it it was fifth temperament, mm -hmm. not a third temperament. It, it kind of valotti, mm, uh, so with six pure fifths and six temperament, wow. temperate, but not in symmetric order, but mixed up. Mm -hmm. So finally, the impression, it is a bit of mintone, mintone mm -hmm. um, temperament impression, the same, the same Keys, which are in Minton, are pure, but in our case not so pure. Mm -hmm. And the same uh, keys which in Minton are not useful, in Ugale they are still useful. Great, great. <laughs> so do you do you think that Cornelius Ranius, the master organ builder of this Ugale organ, uh, built other organs with such a similar temperament elsewhere? We don't know because this is only one organ which is preserved from this organ builder, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, so it might be that uh, Cornelius Ranius basically just improvised the tuning. Could be the temperament system, right, just on the spot. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Who knows? But uh, the history of organ is uh, rather interesting because uh, the original concept it is two manuals without pedal. And Cornelius Ranius himself added pedal one year later when organ was completed. And pedal is uh, located behind the main case of the whole organ on additional case 
and on chromatic wind chest. Chromatic chest. Chromatic chest. Oh, that's unusual so, for that time. Yeah, yes, because because it is just addition. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can we might think that when organ was ready, the local landlord invited, appointed a rather good, skilled, educated organist who came. Oh, what I can play on the organ without pedal, please add. Mm -hmm. And that is also an explanation for the extreme wide pedal, mm -hmm. because the pedal is just fitted in existing place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for Baroque architecture, of course, the architecture is much more important than functionality. And uh, it was empty hole, and it was filled. Mm -hmm. So we have extreme wide pedal with distance between lower C and treble E1. The compass goes up to E1. And distance we have 1 meter 44 centimeters. That's rather wide. Yes. On standard pedal keyboards from C to F we have 1 meter and 22 centimeters. Hmm. So 20 centimeters more. So listen, I can say so to listeners that when you at normal standard organ model you have already C, in Ugale we have in base only E. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Probably organists who play there have to really take their time and adjust to the pedal board, to the pedal technique, right, to, to hit the right notes. Yes, but uh, I noticed that for uh, professional organists it doesn't take a long time. Mm -hmm. And they discover very soon that on these extreme wide pedals, pedal this passage which are typical for North German music, Buxtehude, Lübeck, uh, Brooms, they work just perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to play as a modern pedal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And, and these early techniques uh, the, the, without the heels probably, right, makes much more sense on these kind of yeah. pedal boards. Yeah. True. So, Yanis, uh, what happened then? Uh, uh, how you uh, discovered other sides of organ? Uh, because you also built not only early Baroque types of instruments, right? But you also uh, love uh, these late Romantic instruments, Kavayakol perhaps was inspired instruments? Kavayakol, uh, not so many. I would say that my main source of inspiration is still uh, 19th century organ builder Karl Hermann. Uh, he's changing in his life he changed from very classical sound to rather late romantic sound, but still he never built organs with sound which we understand from late German romantic like Walker, Sauer, which are rather dark and um, difficult for, for polyphonic music and so but Hermann himself was organist. All his life he was organist also. So he built organs for music. And uh, so for me, the main thing in organ builder is organ building is sound. Mm -hmm. Beautiful sound which you can enjoy. Then mm -hmm. Years now, not so much some seven or eight years ago, 
uh, organ builder from Finland, my good colleague Helmut Grippentrog, he asked me to build an organ for his wife. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can imagine that what does it mean for organ builder get an order for another organ builder to build private organ for yes. him. Yes, yes, yes. Very difficult. <laughs> yeah, this was practice organ with two manuals, one stop on each manual, open and get act, hold principal and uh, stopped, get act. Open diapason and stop diapason, yes. let's say, from wood. And he told very simple, please make the organ where you can play hours long without hurting your ears. And at the same time, you never get bored. Mm -hmm. It must be nice, excited and beautiful sound. But not too harsh. But not too harsh. But still that you can play and enjoy the sound all the time. Did you succeed in building this organ? This type of sound? Uh, that is what we are trying in every our instrument. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the sound. Uh, you know, I'm not professionally educated organ builder. When it was possible to start the professional education, for me, in some way, it was already too late. I was almost 30 years old. I had family, I had children. I was responsible for them and so on. So in, in organ building, uh, I am uh, kind of autodidact. Of course, my two teachers, Gunnar Dalmanis in Riga and Rimantas Guches here in Vilnius, they give me the first understanding of organ building. And what was interesting, they both, they both put the main accent on sound quality, mm -hmm. on, on, on music in itself. Not so, so to say, not so much to speak about uh, clever things which, uh, which some can do. I cannot, I'm not so clever. I'm not so educated in these things. And the second part of education, it was which I'm telling the industrial spying. Mm. I had a um, possibility to visit some organ building companies in the, um, Sweden, in England, and uh, everywhere you can see something very interesting. And of course, this uh, exchange of opinions in ISO, it's very important, it's wonderful. Um, all organ builders are wonderful uh, colleagues and uh, I am always surprising that how organ builders who on their normal life actually are competitors. Mm -hmm. They're competing with each other yes. on the projects. But when they come together on the Congress, they are so friendly. and. Um, no secrets in organ building. Some people think, oh, what, are, what is your secret? There are no secrets in organ building. Everybody uh, ask shares. everything and you get answers and everybody shares their opinion. And so, uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, this sound, of course, for restoration, when we work in restoration, 
we do a lot of uh, restoration on pneumatic organs, Walker, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in, in Latvia, Emil Martin. Uh, we did some reconstructions in Sweden of pneumatic organs. So we have a lot of experience in pneumatic organs, and I never would say that this is uh, something uh, less valuable. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a part of its time. It, is, it, it shows how people were thinking at that time. Uh, so uh, in restoration, we always respect the original idea mm-hmm. of instrument. And uh, I never dare to do something better. And I come to oh, no, 100 years old organ and say, oh, this is uh, so badly voiced. Uh, yes, sometimes it comes the case. But uh, you can do some corrections, which maybe those mistakes came with time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, first of all, you must understand the idea what is in this instrument, and, and that is very important. But when, it, when it's up to our own organs, then of course we are free, uh, and uh, I'm not of those who can say that we are building in that and that and that particular style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's Baltic style, of course. It, it's, it, it's this sound which is inspired by organ in Ugale, by Karl Hermann, Karel Alexander Hermann, this open, free, and vocal sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are sometimes uh, talking about uh, vocal voicing, and I can explain very easy what it is. Uh, when you are singing, we, everybody has its some diapason, mm-hmm. and the lowest notes are rather rich of overtones and soft. Then we have middle range when we, where we are comfortable and in higher upper notes, it's just speaking. Yeah. It's, so, when we are talking about vocal voicing on the organs, uh, then I follow somehow the same principle. It's not that treble is spitting and bass has no sound at all. But it's different. Uh, one of our specialities are small chest organs for continual. Just one stop, deduct eight or two stops, eight four or eight four two. Such a small. We have built a rather lot of such a continual organs, which which are uh, yes in uh, used by musicians in in Latvia. In Lithuania, we have two of such instruments, mm-hmm. and of, in Sweden, several, and also in Switzerland. Uh, so, and th- I think that you must be able just on one stop on one keyboard to play uh, polyphonic pieces, to play cantus firmus on one stop mm-hmm. in bass, also in treble. So, to voice so that. You hear all voices. Polyphonic. Uh, all polyphonic. Yes, uh, on yeah. one keyboard. On Just one on one keyboard, one stop. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be uh, hearable, audible. Yes. Right, and but in, at the same time different, right? Based from the treble. Yes. Based from the. It's only way how you can make it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the difference between uh, this classical, or you might say baroque voicing, or romantic, which is just a crescendo. Yes. And you always, the highest note is, is the, the loudest, it's because of homophonic playing of hymns. True, 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 true. <laughs> but your uh, Baroque idea is a little different, right? That you yeah. emphasize the intricate uh, dialogues of, of voices, right? Dialogues and duets, perhaps, of yeah. inner voices, inner parts. Yes. And they yes. have to be audible when you're playing uh, polyphonically complex pieces. Right? Yes. Yes. Right. So wonderful, Yanis. And uh, of course, not everything is uh, so, uh, how to say, easy to, to do, right? These things. What is challenging to you in organ building? Challenging. The main thing is uh, how to get this good sound. When we start an organ project, uh, the first thing is to understand what customer needs, what he wants. Uh, for me, it's very important to learn which, what kind of person is he or she, um, what he is expecting of an organ. Mm -hmm. And this is probably one of the uh, biggest challenge to build an organ which met the needs of customer. Yeah, that's all, as always. Yeah. And, and um, for me, the uh, best compliment is when customer says, oh, this is exact why I, what I had in my mind. This is that why, what I wanted. Mm -hmm. If someone says this, then we have reached our goal. Then I think, yes, then we did a good job. <laughs> but it's not so easy to to guess what the customer wants, right? To feel, basically feel, right, the connection between him and your future instrument. Yeah. So, so how do you come to the idea of making one, uh, one particular aspect of the organ or another? Would it be, uh, would it be like uh, the early type of instrument or later romantic? Do you discuss with the, with the customers, of course? Of course, uh, customer, customers usually say first, what for they need the organ? Mm -hmm. Is it practice organ? Is it continuo for playing continuo with orchestras? Or uh, is it uh, a church organ, hymn organ? Yes. Uh, so, and uh, then of course when we're discussing with customer, you something get for, from the personality. You, I always try to uh, listen how the customer plays. Mm -hmm. So you, by that customer you mean always mean the organist of that church, right? Of that building, probably. Uh, not always. Not always. We have built rather many organs for private persons, mm -hmm. which are put in, in very small houses. But I mean the, the particular yes. person who will be using it, right? Yes, yes. It's, it's very difficult to build organ just uh, and get organ by internet. Mm -hmm. This is for me probably is the most difficult thing. Even now we get an order for very simple practice organ for Lensi Helsinki Music School in Finland, in Helsinki. And still I, I just took a day and I 
went to Helsinki to see the environment, to, to, to meet the director of music school, the organist, the teachers, because without that it is rather difficult to, 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 to make yes. things. For our listeners who are wondering uh, uh, about how you started uh, organ building, how you started pursuing the uh, secrets of, of building the organs from the early instruments and the early masters, they are probably also wondering what if they also uh, discovered the passion for building the organs themselves. Can you say a few tips how to, how to get started or even where to look for inspiration or advice? <laughs> of course, nowadays there are uh, some schools where you can get education. In Europe, it's in Ludwigsburg. I, I will not pr promote either or uh, these schools, but uh, but so. But of course, uh, my way when I should discover the bicycle from scratch. Um, it's probably not the simplest way. And I think it's good to learn with some either experienced organ builder or in the school basic techniques, basic theoretical knowledge. I, sh I did it by books, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of things. I even uh, learned German because I knew that all books available for me were in German. So I learned German to be able to read those books theoretically. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but um, in, in someone wants to dare just build organ house, no problems. I think just go to your nearest organ which you like, uh, find out how it's built because a small portative it's so simple. It's nothing complicated and just to start experiment. So, exactly, this person, young person, or, or, or any age, right, he has to be rather curious, right? First of all, curiosity is yeah. important to, to see how the instrument is uh, uh, functioning, right? Take apart yeah. and make it, make it again, uh, put it together, if it's not historically important. Of course, you don't never <laughs> treat the historical <laughs> instrument this okay. way. But it's one uh, very good book. I learned also, it's um, Bormann, Klaus or Hans Bormann, Haus Orgelbau. Yes, there is one. It's, it's a book uh, where it's very clearly and methodically described how to build a house organ, how to make mechanics, how to build pipes, uh, how to make keyboard. In very simply simple way, there is even described how to make paper pipes. Paper pipes. Exactly. Yes, why not? You can make pipe of everything which can hold the wind. Excellent. excellent. From from glass, from bamboos, from uh, stone, stone plastic. plastic, from porcelain. Yes. Doesn't matter. Everything what sounds, which can you give the stable form, and which you can tune. And, and that book actually also was very inspiring for me. From that book I learned the first, uh, those simplest techniques, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how to do it. So, Yanis, what are you working on right now as we speak? 
on uh, you, you are probably you are probably uh, making some reparation work uh, for the uh, great organ of Wilms Cathedral, right? Yes, we are we are making some maintenance work, cleaning and tuning. Uh, so that is that's why we are here in Vilnius now, exactly. actually. Yeah, but it's very nice to come back here for Johannes Church, St. John's Church. Mm. Wonderful. It's, it's, uh, this instrument connects so many uh, beautiful memories because, uh, as, as we, we say uh, always, uh, this instrument uh, was the place where we met with Yanis, with yeah. Joran Gran, with Rimantas Guchas and other people from from basically from around the world yes. in 2000, the year of 2000, in the summer, where uh, about 150 people from around the world uh, came to the Congress of International Society of Organ Builders. Yes. So, uh, Yanis, you're so inspiring um, to the people all over the world. Uh, your work is appreciative, not only in Latvia, but in other countries, in Sweden, in, in uh, Switzerland, as you say, in other yeah. parts also. Can you say, uh, can you, can you say um, a, a place where you, our listeners can connect with you online? How do you mean online? Online. Uh, you, you, do you have a website or...? Oh, oh yes. Uh, how do you, how they can, can find you? Uh, for the moment, uh, the website which is uh, devoted for organ building is under construction. And it doesn't work, but I think in this year this will be again worked. Uh, and address is very simple, pipeorgans.lv. Excellent, and of course the and uh, another website which are uh, we are making uh, uh, piano with with pianos uh, restoration work because I'm working especially on pianos from 19th century also industrial made but also custom made and uh, on on this piano web page which is again very simple pianoforte.lv excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for this conversation, Yanis. You are such a great inspiration for the people. And I wish you great luck and success in your future musical adventures. Thank you. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog, Secrets of Organ Playing, at organduo.lt, where you will find lots of insights, practical advice, and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vidas Pinkavichus, thanks for listening and I'll catch you online really soon.